Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Bud, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I am Bruce. And, uh... And speaking of non-optimized decks... <laughs> speaking of non-optimized decks, Bruce uh, has brought along his deck that he's... Uh, I think it's the deck that I've seen play most out of him. Uh, it is Brutoclad, Telcor, Engineer. Um, so let's let's give a big round of applause for Brutoclad for hey, doing hey. a great job. Uh, <clears throat> for those who don't know, Brutoclad, uh, we're just going to jump right into it. Brutoclad, yep. Telcor, Engineer is a uh, legendary artifact creature, Artificer from C18, I believe. Uh, it's four blue and a red. Uh, it says creature tokens you control have haste. At the beginning of combat on your turn, create a two-one blue mirror artifact creature token. Then you may choose a token you control. If you do, each each other token you control becomes a copy of that token, and it sits as a four-four. Um, that that's the the stat line is a four four um so basically combat comes you make a mirror and then you can choose to take every single one of the tokens that you have whether it's a creature or non uh and turn them all into the same thing but it has to be of a token that you control uh so you can make them all mirrors you can make them all treasures if that's what you have uh, but it has to be something you have. So this deck uh, revolves around that, right? Yes. Just <laughs> just to reiterate, one, yep. the first line of text, creature tokens you control have haste. This is key to any broody clad deck. Um, because It's funny because it's the line that I feel gets glossed over the most. Right. And um, honestly, without that line... This deck is just hot garbage. This deck does all the amazing things that it does because you can take tokens that you have just created and they all get haste. So it allows for that instantaneous hit, whereas so many other decks or so many other tokens are, I created it, now I have to wait until they, until they can attack. And it's a huge advantage with this deck that it, it just it really does have to be there i feel like it's every other game uh that you play this that somebody at the table is like hey didn't that just come out and you're like ah my tokens have haste and it's like ah yes that's right why do why is why why do we keep forgetting um and i think like you said without it it's hot garbage i think with it 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 drastically turns this deck around Let's let's jump in our time machine uh, and and go back to, I guess, late 2018 when this card came out. Uh, <laughs> and uh, what what caught your eye about Brudeclad, Brustaclad, if you will? Uh, well, actually, the term is Brucyclad. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Because what caught my attention? I got to preview the card. Whoa! Um, it was uh, it was uh, a card that was given to TCG player while I was writing over there. Uh, a group of us all previewed the card, so there was a sh there was a short video. Such a fun job! It was such a fun job when 
when you got to be part of that whole uh, preview set that they would put on. Um, and I was given the opportunity to write about the card. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things I asked them to do um, was I asked them to change the title. Just go into <laughs> Photoshop and we changed it from broody clad to Bruce C clad. Just changed the D to a C. And my uh, the picture that I was using, my headshot for TCG player at the time, was a... It sort of looks like an Australian Outback hat <laughs> and a Hawaiian shirt. So the folks there were good enough to take the, the image of Broody Clad and put a Hawaiian shirt on him with my hat. So ever since the card, ever even before anybody else had seen the card, I was already brewing for this card. And uh, once, you, once you get a read for it and realize, okay, so any token creature that I make... I can now make all of my stuff into those. Think about, you know, think about where, where you can take that. Ooh, what about, what about, you know, what if I make six, six tokens? Yep, you can make them all six, six tokens. What if I make it a flying creature? Yes, you can make them all flying creatures. And you would, and you go through that. And then at some point you stop and say, well, what about clue tokens? What about treasure <laughs> tokens? What about any any token not even just creature tokens just any token yes you can do that um i mean nowadays you can make jace tokens <laughs> and make even more copies of those tokens with broody clad it this don't tempt me bruce <laughs> exactly this what I really liked about the card was that you could build it in so many ways. There were just so many, and there were so many options. And if you're not looking to completely maximize it, then there really are. I mean, the options are 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 just about endless. Uh, I mean, it. Anyways, that's where that's where it all got started. <laughs> that's awesome. I honestly didn't know that. Um, and we'll we'll have a, a link to the the TCG article. Um, in the show notes, but right. um, it's funny because I feel like where I had first heard of your Brutoclad decks were uh, probably, let's see, almost a year and a half later <laughs> in September, 2019, uh, you decided to do a three-part article uh, for Cool Stuff Inc., uh, which also uh, links in the show notes. Um and it really seems like you were taking the ideas from uh, your your TCG player deck or ideas uh, and trying to form it into something bigger, uh, better probably, uh, something more refined. Uh, so that it's not just like, hey, we're going to make tokens and then uh, the idea is just lots of tokens. Uh, whatever the tokens end up being, that whatever. Uh, it seemed like you wanted to refine it. Um, and uh, I, I liked the idea of a three-part series where the audience essentially follows your progression from scratch. So uh, why don't you kind of give us an overview of, of how the deck started and where it is now. Uh, and how kind of it got there. Um, I know that's vague. <laughs> uh, 
so many articles had been it started more about about the article format than it did about the deck list um i <laughs> wanted to go deeper as far as the deck building aspect most articles are somewhere between 1500 and 2000 words and i just felt like in 2000 words you can you know all you really do is get to say okay here's the deck here's a f you know here's a few comments about some of the cards in the deck Maybe you've played it a couple times and just say, I think this and this about the deck so far, I've done this. So like some sort of like showcase, but it's just, that's all it is. No real huge insight, nothing groundbreaking. No, it was, yeah, it, it just, I didn't feel like there were enough words there to really make it, make it into something. And I really wanted to try and bring the reader along with me on the deck building you know, as yeah. we, as we build the deck together, so I I opted to split it into three into three topics or three articles, and the first one was just sort of let's focus on the commander, let's focus on what the strengths and weaknesses of the commander, how do you make that work, how does that tie in, and then it you know, and then in the second one it was like okay, we know what the strengths and weaknesses are. How do we buffer buffer up the strengths and how do we protect it from its weaknesses and sort of go from there? And then the next, and then fi the final one is, okay, well, here's the list. How did it play? Because I also wanted to have some games in on it. Um, and uh, as anybody who writes articles week after week after week can tell you, um, at some point you're writing deck lists for articles that you're not, or for decks that you're not building. <laughs> um, these are just, you know, here's my idea, here's my deck list, it's untested. And, you know, that's great when when you're just looking to provide some ideas, but, you know, it's not battle-tested, so you want you kind of want to do that. So uh, it was something I wanted to try. Um, but in any event, that's sort of yeah. where it went, and I chose Brutaclad because uh, it was, you know, it was a card that I was still working with, I'd had some experience playing. I knew there were additions and 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 some deletions that I wanted to put with the deck, so I knew it was a, a card that would be right for that sort of format. So I, I ran with it. When you decided that you wanted to use Brutoclad as this commander uh, to to improve upon for this this idea, uh, we've we've talked a little bit about uh, deck building in general before, but like. Uh, where did you start specifically with Brutoclad? Um, I mean, there's so much to him that, like, like what was your first thoughts? Uh, what were your first ideas into putting things in the deck? The first idea, or the way I kind of wanted to start it, I mean, the focus was just producing enough tokens. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted cards that were going to make tokens. Ideally... I would I wanted those cards to be you know something that would make a really cool token. So you know so finding cards like I mean Mere Battle Sphere I think is just sort of an automatic that goes into virtually every <laughs> every Bruticlad deck. I wanted a card like Thopter Assembly because one it gives you flyers. Uh, two, you can use Bruticlad to get rid of all of the Thopters, turn them into treasure, turn them into something else, and then suddenly the, the the card is by itself without any without any thopters so then you get to you get to loop it through again um it was just all sorts of interesting interactions that i liked mm. um 
and then you find other cards that sort of tie into the same theme um, it didn't take long before I started to realize that what would make Broody Cloud really cool um, was to go that next step cards like Helm of the Host um, because Helm of the Host is going to create a token that's a copy mm-hmm. of another a copy of one of your cards but it creates a token that wouldn't normally exist so right. you know when you think broody cloud you're thinking about you think about thopters and mirror and uh and any other you know a goblin token or something along that line you think of the standard token creatures yeah your one ones one twos two twos right. etc well like why not small yeah exactly so why not ramp it up so why not take a card like mere battlesphere for example and put helmet <laughs> the host on it because now you've got a copy a token copy of mere battlesphere so suddenly um you can create multiple copies of mere battlesphere now sure you know they turn into it they don't come into play but when it's attacked it you get you get so many more options of what you can and can't do because of that in this case you can make a copy of persistent petitioners <laughs> um, and then suddenly you're able to to use all of those token copies to start milling an opponent you can make copies of uh of brutal himself well he is legendary now I well know, i know that I'm with a... helm of the host that doesn't matter but mm-hmm. um it, it's there i was i started looking at other cards to sort of go down that route the one thing i knew i didn't want was i didn't want to create a deck where i'm always searching for just that one creature because that's that's always going to be the best option because that's always the most fun i'm like no 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 let's not do that um so i know in in some of the early iterations of the deck i actually toned it way down and spent a lot of cards creating copies or allowing me to steal a creature and opponent controls and make a copy of it because i wanted a token copy and i thought how original will this be because it means that i'll always be getting something different based on what my opponents are playing yeah i mean what if i can make 20 20 token copies of blood artist or Mm. uh picture picture any creature and opponent controls um there was one we were playing with just recently i don't remember the name but it gives all of your creatures exalted so you end up making token a token copy of it and then just swing with even just one of your tokens because the exalted trigger kicks in and it kicks in for all of the cards it's just all kinds of weird interactions and you know bizarre things that force you to think outside the box um, either sublime archangel or battle grace angel sublime archangel archangel i think was the one i was oh yeah that's about. what it says other creatures you have have exalted right so i mean yeah it, that's great yeah it was just it was just kind of cool but to be able to make copies of those i mean that would happen in one game but it wouldn't be available in the next game so that's sort of what i was targeting initially yeah, I mean, I can, I you can kind of see that with uh, followed footsteps, enchanted cre- uh, enchant creature at the beginning of your upkeep, put a token, that's a copy. Uh, so it's like things like that uh, where you can, you know, either steal somebody's things or 
like you said, right? Like more a, likely you'd want to make a token copy of something that somebody else has, uh, especially if it's big, well, especially if it's spicy. Right, and that's the reason Mimic That is on the deck. Right. So, you know, somebody a creature dies, you can look at it. Not only does Mimic That take take it away from them so they can't reincarnate it immediately, mm-hmm. um, but it gives you the option to to make token versions. Um, I mean... I would I would love to get the opportunity to get a grave titan under the mimic that <laughs> and turn all you know turn even five tokens into grave titans and then you're swinging with five grave titans and they're all going to get you what is it it's, I think it's two zombie tokens every time grave titan attacks oh yeah so then you're getting ten uh, zombie tokens and if you can hang on to that mimic that for one round. All those ten tokens then become ten uh, titans. Yeah. In the following swing, so this is you know these are all all sorts of you know weird and funky interactions that I was just dying to do. Um, I really got sold on the the idea of the bazaar um, when I was able to make a copy of somebody's soul ring, <laughs> and I ended up with five soul rings. Yeah, which let me tap for you know that's ten mana that goes a long way in a in a mana hungry deck like this. So it, yeah, it was, it was just kind of fun. And I think like I I I love the idea that uh, the deck is revolved around uh, the interaction of Brutaclad uh, and other people's decks. Um, I love the idea that you are essentially submitting to the chaos of the table rather than, um, you know, searching through your own deck and trying to find, like, X creature to then make, you know, hopefully big tokens. Um, well, it's part of the reason why I like using Brutaclad over uh, over a lot of my other decks when I'm playing against people that I don't necessarily know very well. Yeah. Um Jason Alt has talked about his 75% theory uh, as 75% decks. And uh, and I like the concept, that that idea that you have a deck that essentially uh, expands or shrinks in power based on what your opponents are playing. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, that's exactly what Brutaclad was doing. Um, you know, if the cards my opponents were playing were lousy, there was only so much that I could do. Um, but as soon as they start playing more powerful decks and more powerful cards and creatures, then I can start to then some of the interactions you see with Brutaclad get even bigger. So, did that ever make you feel like you were just playing a game of catch up? Um, a little bit. Uh, m- what what more often happened was I felt like I was playing a game where. Decks get better because they play better cards and because they have better interactions between those cards. Mm-hmm. Um, Clad doesn't really capitalize on good interactions between the cards. Clad copies one card and all of your copies are that card. So it's not as though a deck where two or three or even four cards interact to create this amazing thing. Well, Clad doesn't do anything with that because he only takes one of those. Or you can only copy one of those. So you get something, but it's not nearly as good. And what I was finding was uh, I was playing against opponents whose decks uh, didn't offer up a lot of juicy targets. 
just because their decks were designed to work with the cards in that deck. So I wasn't getting that interaction. So I actually did pull back a little bit on that and made sure that I had, that I included a few, you know, what I would call good targets in my own deck so <laughs> that I can, yeah. so that I like, have stuff to go after. You know, if, if I'm not seeing something that my opponents are playing, then I have something to do. So, I mean, I've seen, I've seen this deck go off, uh, with Dragon Master Outcast, um, where I think you ended up winning the game with something like 19 five, five dragons. Um, Dragon Master Outcast says at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control six or more lands, create a 5-5 five, five red dragon creature token with flying. At the beginning of your upkeep, you create a 5-5, five, five, and then by the time uh, combat rolls around, you change all of your tokens to it. It seems like it could very easily get to 19. Um, flying 5-5s so, five, are extremely dangerous. Right, So if you've, <laughs> and if you've got six or more lands, uh, there's a good chance that I probably played Brass's Bounty the turn before. Mm. so you know i've got at that point i've got seven or eight lands i've made seven or eight treasures they're sitting there and then you play uh you know and then you end your before you end your turn you play the dragon master outcast even if yeah. you have to use one of the treasures to do it and then on the following turn you hit the upkeep there's the five five dragon uh it has haste because broody clad says so and suddenly those you know, six remaining treasure tokens become dragons along with the two one mirror. Well, now I'm swinging with eight five five red dragons. I mean, that's 40 points of damage. Realistically, I'm at that point, I am able to kill somebody on that table. <laughs> and I know I just described a series of cards that make it sound like this is magical Christmas land that can't happen. And you're sort of right and you're sort of not because the deck has plenty of other ways. They don't have to be treasure tokens. They could be, uh, maybe they were mirror creatures from a different card. Maybe they're uh, just a series of, of tokens that I happen to have. Um, you yeah, know, just, you got Tempt with Vengeance. You've got, you know, Rite of Replication. Uh, you've got so many ways to make creature tokens. Right. Um, that, like, it, it it's easy to wind up with a lot and it's it's uh, difficult it becomes difficult for your opponents to sort of figure out what you're doing um <laughs> well even if with the, like say the extortionist is out yeah you go through the upkeep the five five dragon they look at the five five dragon they're like oh, oh he's gonna make everything into five five dragons and then they look to figure out what everything is and they look around the board and they're like okay there's there's only three tokens here so we're looking at probably three dragons. Okay. But almost every card that I... I am almost guaranteed to have a card in hand that's going to make another at least one or two more tokens. So that three goes to five. And a lot of people just forget because it happens every single time. There's going to be a mirror token coming into play at the beginning of combat. So that's another another dragon that gets forgotten. So what, you know, on a table where I only had three tokens, when combat comes around, I've probably got six. And when you're talking about a five-five dragon token, well, that that's that sort of uh, that sort of damage piles up really fast. 
what was well yeah like what was the next step like what was the thing that you found to be the weakest spot that you needed to improve on whether it's you know making it a little more consistent or um the ramp package to me mm-hmm. has always been a struggle um I, I whenever you know whether it's the ramp package whether it's card draw whether it's whether it's removal I always want to make it tie into the theme of the deck. So a ramp package, I always want to have it, it's okay, well, how can that add, how can that also add to the token count? Well, the obvious answer are treasure. I mean, you can also use gold, I suppose, but generally speaking, treasure is, is where I'm, is where I'm aiming. (laughs) The problem is, is then at some point in the game, you get to that point where you're struggling because are you going to use the treasure to bring out your cards? And, you know, if you have five treasures sitting there, mm-hmm. do you sack the five for the five mana, knowing that you now have five fewer tokens to use during your combat? Or, on the other hand, when you get to combat and you've got five treasures and you're thinking about how you're going to use that mana on your on the next step it means you can't use broodiclad because all tokens change you don't get to keep some as treasure and some attacking unless you don't touch unless you don't change anything and if you're not changing anything then broodiclad's a waste (laughs) broodiclad is an all or nothing kind of deck so it leads to these weird conundrums and i keep uh, you know and i keep struggling with how much ramp is needed for the deck and uh, you know whether or not moving away from or stop you know just not including treasure tokens as part of the ramp package makes more sense so uh, yeah i mean it's it's a t- it's a tough balance to to make because i mean brutal clad himself costs six mana um and that's for the first time yeah and uh so like after that you you kind of do need some sort of ramp package um personally i i think that the treasure gives somewhat of a flexibility because like sure you like it is an all or nothing situation where if you have treasure tokens out you have to change all of them or change none of them um it's a bit of uh restriction and flexibility it's restricted in that uh it ends up that you have to play some things that you don't necessarily want to play on your first main phase uh forcing you to play it on your first main phase but also it is giving you that flexibility of either trying to figure out if you want to use them as mana producing sack rocks or turn them into you know Mm-hmm. at worst a 2-1 yeah. blue mirror um but uh i i personally love the flexibility um well i do i do too because i mean there yeah. are times when yeah you do want to run you know it's like okay we're, we're all in let's go and you know or this is this is the turn when i when we can make it happen so you just make it happen but um i don't know yeah so um, before we go on, yep. let's jump over to our uh, our sponsor for this episode. Um, 
And when we get back, Bruce is going to share with us his favorite and most impressive feat he's ever done with this deck. Uh, so we'll be right back. This episode of Temple of the Ball Spot is brought to you by Psy, Master Thopters. Hey, uh, Psy here. Got yourself a thing? Uh, put, put some wings on it. Bam, you got a new Thopter on your hands. Done with that trick? Uh, go get yourself some more cards. I'm Psy, signing out. Make some Thopters. And now back to you. <laughs> Thanks, Sai. Uh, really, really, uh, really appreciate the support. Well, well worded, Sai. Hmm. Uh, so, Bruce. Yes. This deck, it's beautiful. It's big. It's uh, it's red and blue. Yeah. Uh, we've we've already talked about having nineteen dragons, four soul rings. Uh, what what has been your favorite? thing that you've done with this deck uh in terms of gameplay seven dwarves you had seven dwarves uh no i had a lot more than seven dwarves. <laughs> um do you want me to tell me tell you how many copies you had uh yeah yeah let's, 15 let's 15 so 15 copies of seven dwarves and the name on this card is just a misnomer there aren't seven dwarves in the picture there aren't it's just i really really despise that because if if i had 15 <laughs> copies of the card wouldn't that mean i had like 105 dwarves did i have 105 or did i just have 15 copies of seven dwarves who, who can tell who, who can tell who can tell um i saw that when seven dwarves came out i saw it and i thought okay this has got to go in the deck and i was like i don't want seven copies of it because I don't want it to be redundant. The whole point isn't to get multiple copies of the card. The point is to get at least one of them, turn at least one of them into a token creature. Mm -hmm. um, I was able to do that, and it worked out that I had a whole lot of other tokens at the time. Changed them all into... You're telling me. Each of them into seven dwarves. Um, now... Seven Dwarves gets plus one, plus one for each other creature named Seven Dwarves you control. A deck can have up to seven cards named Seven Dwarves. Who cares about the second part? Plus one, plus one for each other creature named Seven Dwarves you control. Now, if this is Commander, Seven Dwarves rarely comes up. But when <laughs> you can make copies of it, 15 copies of it, that means each of those dwarves was getting plus 15, plus 15, which means they were 17, 17 dwarves. And, at least right now uh i don't believe they had trample i can't yeah i don't remember, remember. i can't um, remember if this was a deck when something else was also in play but um i think we were playing plane chase with it <clears throat> so i think they ended up being slightly more or maybe they had double strike or something i don't remember it was, it, but yeah, there was, there was, was something else that was happening but in any event even without the trample uh 15 of these means that some of them are going to get through and each one by itself does a boatload of damage and yeah. it took one swing to win the game so do you want to name uh, all 15 dwarves no 
How about all, what'd you say, 135? 100 and, it was, uh, yeah, it would have been 105 dwarves. So, no. <laughs> Figured I'd ask. Uh, yeah, no, that, oh, God. That, it just, those, I mean, those are the, the, the plays that you live for as a, as an EDH player. Um, well, and, yeah, and the best part with this deck is that those plays happen. The deck yeah. is designed to make those plays happen over and over again. Because, you know, I mean, I've had other, you know, other times when when other options came up. Uh, the Locust God is in the deck. So, you know, I was able to create my own swarm of, uh, you know, my, my own literal locust of, of insects. Uh, I have uh, more recently... I was able to make a token copy of the Sharding Sphinx and had <laughs> multiple, <laughs> multiple, multiple Sharding Sphinx, uh, as I said, sharding all over my opponents. Uh, Fun fact. Mm. The plural of Sphinx yeah. is a gross word called Sphinges. Ooh. So I had, yeah. I had many Sharding Sphinges, which is almost <laughs> better. And so, you know, I look forward to opportunities to make, you know, these these ridiculous multiple copies of cards that wouldn't normally see multiple copies, and then just swing in with with the with the bunch. Um, these are the memorable moments. These are the ones you, yeah, you get to absolutely. You get to focus on and and relive again and again. As your opponent, it's so hard to be mad at these plays because it's just so absurd. Like they're they're so you you won't have that interaction specifically ever again. Like like I remember one game you had eighteen ten ten Eldrazi. Like how often is that going to happen? Uh, right, and this is in a deck that doesn't have any Eldrazi. <laughs> I I copied somebody else's. Made a yeah. token of it and went crazy. You know, it was... It... Boom, ba boom. Yeah. Um, and I, I love to, I mean, especially with things like, like Sharding Sphinx, where if you make a copy of it and then you have, you know, X number of uh, tokens, so then you have X number of Sharding Sphinx, Sphinges, uh, they do the combat damage and you make more tokens... And then you do it all over again with more numbers. It's just... Right, and that's actually how Sharding Sphinx got as big as it was. Yeah. Uh, that's how the numbers got that crazy in that particular game. Because I swung once, and I think I made five or six Thopters. And uh, was able to then swing again for a ridiculous <laughs> volume of numbers. And we didn't even bother counting how many Thopters it, it created, because the game <laughs> ended at that point. But... Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just wild. I love that kind of stuff. Do you have a, do you have a card in this deck that, uh, is kind of your, your, your secret ingredient, your low key, uh, favorite card? It, you know, at, at this point I would say whichever, whichever card happens to be in my hand at the time kind of thing. <laughs> um, but that's not really fair. Have you, have you won with Hellkite Tyrant? I have not won with Hellkite Tyrant. Um, uh, 
Hellkite Tyrant says, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control 20 or more artifacts, you win the game. Which, I mean, if you're making as many tokens as uh, you can, uh, should be pretty easy. I mean, it's a, it's a similar concept to Revel in Riches, but it's red. Right. Uh, and it's 20 instead of 10 specifically treasure tokens. Uh, but uh, I'm rooting for you on that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would I would love to see that one come through. Um, the card I kind of like is Temp with Vengeance. Mm. And realistically, nobody is tempted. Ever. because I've been tempted. Right. But the only time you find somebody who gets who is actually willing to go with you on Temp with Vengeance, and just so you're wonder just so you know, uh, Temp with Vengeance is uh, it costs X and a red. It's a sorcery. Uh, it says, uh, put X-1-1 red elemental creature tokens with haste onto the battlefield. Each opponent may put X-1-1 red elemental creature tokens with haste onto the battlefield. For each player who does, put X-1-1 red elemental creature tokens with haste onto the battlefield. So if I put six into this, if I make X-5, yeah, uh, I get 5-1-1 elemental creature tokens. With haste. Not that that matters. Broody Clad's out there. Um, <laughs> but I get that with haste. And if I convince even one of my opponents to also do it, then I get five more. And it really doesn't matter that they have a bunch of 1 1 red elemental creature tokens because those 10 1 1 red elemental creature tokens are not going to be 1 1 red elemental creature tokens. By the time they go to combat, they're going to be turned into, say, Thopters that can't get blocked. Or. Uh, I don't know. Sphinges, sharding sphinges, <laughs> maybe, or or whatever else. Um, and I love that option. And so, but and I realize that almost no one is ever going to agree to do that unless it's very unless you're in a very unique situation where somebody's got to go, and it ain't you. Um, yeah, I think. I think the situation that I was in when I've generally taken this tempt, uh, this offer, if you will, this tempting mm-hmm. offer, uh, is, uh, I mean, I'm playing Tesa, so I, you know, the more creatures I have, the better. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, adding five more or whatever, X more uh, to yours is always a, a hurdle I have to right. get over. Um, another one that I really enjoy... Uh, but almost never get to play it is Clone Legion. Oh, um, Clone Legion costs nine mana now. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's irrelevant that it's seven and two blue. It's not at nine mana. That it's nine mana. Um, right. It's a sorcery. You're gonna have the two blue. Right. It's a sorcery, and it just says for each creature target target player controls, create a token that's a copy of that creature. So this means if I have a really cool creature that I want that I want to make all of my creatures into, I can use Clone Legion. Because Clone Legion will make one copy of each of the creatures, which in and of itself is kind of cool. But with Broody Cloud out there, it means that all of those token all those different tokens are all gonna be one, the best one, yeah. when it comes time for combat. Oh, and they'll all have haste. Um, I mean, there's a part of me that wants 
that, that desperately wants to use Clone Legion against somebody who's running a token deck. So you know, <laughs> you'll get somebody who's got uh, uh, Avenger of Zendikar. Thank and you. Them. And it's a bunch of plants. Now, you don't get to copy <laughs> all the plus and plus encounters that are on the plant. You just get the 0-1 plant. That's fine. I'll happily take eight, nine copies of that plant, plus a copy of Avenger, plus a copy of every other creature they have, <laughs> and then turn them all into something, all into you know one, one big nasty creature. Maybe it's a creature that I already control. Maybe it's whatever. Um, so there's just so many different ways to use the Clone Legion, uh, and I really like that. It just at nine mana, you get one shot. Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, it's great. Yeah, um, we we've talked so much about the 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 sordid past of this deck. Um, what are you looking to do next with it? What do you, is there any cards that you're eyeing? Um, um nothing in particular. Uh, Seven Dwarfs was a card that I was sort of eyeing for the deck. Got it, put mm-hmm. it in, and then was lucky enough in. I think it was within three or four games of putting it in. I actually got to draw it and got a chance to actually see it in action and do, you know, have it do what it does. Um, and I love that. I thought that was great. Um, so, oh, Andy, by the way. Um, yeah. In that section where I said this deck doesn't have any Eldrazi, it does. <laughs> Idol of Oblivion. It creates the ten ten colors Eldrazi creature token that I probably made multiple copies of. So um, yeah, so you know when you've got Idol of Oblivion running in your deck, you can do that too. But either way, yeah. Um, do we want to talk about Bob? Yeah, let's talk about Bob. Let's talk about Bob, uh, Bruce. You uh you tweeted out once. Uh, it says, "Does Bob Bob, uh, which refers to the card from Unsanctioned Bob, uh, parentheses bevy of Beebles and parentheses." Uh, it's a three blue blue, legendary planeswalker Bob as Bob bevy of Beetles enters a, b- a battlefield. Create four one one blue Beeble cheese. Four one one blue Beeble creature tokens. The number of loyalty counters on Bob is equal to the number of Beebles you control. Creator sacrifice Beebles whenever Bob gains or loses loyalty. Uh, it has a plus one that says up to X target Beebles can't be blocked this turn when X or where X is the number of cards in your hand minus one. Draw a card. Uh, so your the rest of your tweet says, "Does Bob belong in Broodclad?" Uh, I'm thinking, chuckle. The chuckle value is enough. Uh, and you know, I, I think it's a swell card. Um, it is silver bordered. Uh, I have no problem with silver bordered as long as you're like keeping it in check. Um, what are your What are your thoughts on this card? Or at least, like, what were your thoughts compared to what your thoughts are now? Um, it's kind of interesting, because when I, I remember this, and when I first tweeted it, um, I, all I was picturing was, uh, hey, it creates four beetles. 
and then uh, you know, and then it would have loyalty a number of loyalty counters equal to the number of beebles I control. Well, then I can change all my other stuff into beebles, and the loyalty count on this thing would go through the roof. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, bevy of beebles. There's not really a payoff. There, exactly. There's no real payoff. The fact that you know bevy of beebles suddenly has a, a loyalty count of twenty six doesn't mean that you can change anything the bet you it just means you get 26 card draws over 26 turns it, it just it, realistically you can get the same effect by having if you only have four beebles um yeah it just doesn't matter um i appreciate that you know adding you know plus one means you get to add a beeble well great um the problem was and i, I I thought this was going to be really cool. Just, I was just picturing all kinds of interactions and all these unblockable car creatures and on and on and on. And then I remembered once again, Bruticlad is all or nothing. So either hmm. all of your stuff are Beebles or none of your stuff is Beeble, are Beebles. And if you have no Beebles, then there are no loyalty counters on Bob. And then Bob dies. And <laughs> so... Um, so in the end, it comes down to uh, Bevy of Beebles is a five mana planeswalker that says get four one one tokens, uh, or no, get three one one tokens, draw a card <laughs> because you're going to kill. Yeah, because you have to them. sacrifice it. Yeah, when you when you reduce the loyalty. Um, because then you'll only have three, and then you're probably going to change them into something scary and nasty, and then Bob dies. Um, and, you know, maybe five mana is worth it. Maybe it is worth it to do that. I don't know. Um, I just looked at that and I thought, this isn't spectacular. Um, and right now, uh, Broodyclad doesn't have any other un-cards. So it's not a deck where I feel like I need to ask, are you okay if I run uncards in it? Some people aren't. Um, and sometimes I would rather just not have to ask the question. And so, so right now, my stance is sort of, I'm not going to run Bob, but... Uh, yeah, like best, best case scenario... You're just kind of spinning your wheels with it. You've got like a lot of Beebles and you have a high you know loyalty count but it, it's not like you still have just a pile of one ones and it's not doing the thing that your deck wants it to do right bob uh bob is nowhere near broken which is good because you don't want broken cards from your un from your uncards and leaving people with a bad taste in their mouth it's you know it's like why did i let him play these uncards it's just broken um but it also doesn't create that wow moment. You know, we're talking about four more Beebles. You know, four Beebles. That, that's, that's what we're talking about. Um, unless you really want to play into it. And if you're playing into it, then you are sort of sacrificing the idea of, of getting that big win. And instead going for the, oh my god, I don't believe it. I made like 300 <laughs> Beebles. <laughs> and hey... More power to you. If that's how you want to run it, go for it. Uh, I am all in favor of that because that's a moment you won't soon forget. 
Um, yeah. But most of the moments that I've been building with this deck have been uh, a massive number of creatures that we're able to then swing in. Now, you know, uh, on that note, I do have Eldrazi... Um, where is it here? Eldrazi Monument. Um, and Eldrazi Monument will let you take uh, a, a sizable handful of beebles, say 10... 10 beebles and suddenly you're getting uh two two flying indestructibles right and the idea that you're sacking one of them on your upkeep is not that big a deal because right because you're just going to get another one with you're going to give them plus one hopefully be able to give mo make most of them unblockable yeah on top of the flying indestructible and plus one and swing in for you know for nasty amounts and I do yeah. like that idea. Um, it just it is it is very much a one shot kind of deal, and I like the cards to be maybe, maybe do a little more than that. Um, yeah, we'll there's see. hardly any flexibility. Um, it it seems like a moderately uh, costed draw spell, uh, which like. I mean, thinking about it, it, it doesn't even seem too expensive for a single draw because you are also getting three tokens out of it. So it's, I mean, it's not great, uh, but it's not as bad as five mana draw. It's five mana draw and three tokens. Right. Um, but I have run out of questions, Bruce. I, I love this deck to well, death. I'm glad we could answer all of your questions about Brutal <laughs> I am fully equipped to take on the beast that is the Brutaclad deck. The the Brucyclad is that what it was? Brucyclad, the Brucyclad yes. deck. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to the next time I play against it. Um, as always, uh, because it just it creates those moments that that you don't generally get really anywhere else in EDH, where you just have. I mean. You know, like we said, nineteen five five dragons. Like, where else are you gonna get that? Um, and Brutaclad makes it look so easy. Uh, it's it's a fun deck that uh, sometimes just comes out of nowhere because you're not looking at these you know two one mirrors as anything of a threat until uh, the beginning of combat when they chain all change into something huge and it's like oh damn uh which is so rad do you have anything else you want to say about this deck um i i think the when i mentioned the flexibility on the deck earlier uh mm -hmm. this this is this is something that i really like about the deck i think that there is uh i think to every broody clad deck there is a core I think you have to have a ramp. You have to have a really solid ramp package. The deck only functions when Bruticlad is out there, and at six mana to cast initially, you have to be ready to pay eight and ten mana to really make the deck run. So make sure you've got your core in place. The thing is, is that the cards you use otherwise, so the ones you use to make to make the token creature to begin with. Uh, the ones you use that are the target of cards that make the token creature, so the you know the big ugly creature or the how whatever, those are all all those cards are flexible. 
they can come in and out of the deck by your whim. So just sort of, you know, what do you think would look cool this week? And run that. I mean, Hellkite Tyrant is still in the deck because I haven't had a chance to actually get it, make a token copy of it and try and win. But once I do, there's nothing saying it'll stay there. I mean, Seven Dwarves can come out now. I did it. Um, <laughs> you know, doing it another time? Well, I mean, I think it's still going to be pretty awesome. But um, I have done it once. So maybe I want to take it out. Maybe I want to try uh, try a different option, and you know, see find find a different a different fun way to try and pull this try and pull off this this craziness. It also allows for for each person to build it according to what they have. Um, yeah, you know, I a lot of these cards initially made the cut solely because they were cards I had. You know, I mean, Mere Battlesphere would have made the cut anyway, but it definitely got in because I had a copy of it. I mean, Worm Coil Engine would have made, would have jumped into this deck. I have copies of it. I just didn't have a spare one at the time. So, so that card isn't in the deck. Not because it's bad, but it just, it just, I just didn't have one. Um, and I, I love decks where, uh, you can almost run your own little sideboard and you know you take these 10 cards out and put these 10 cards in and it just creates a different uh, a different play experience for you and for your play group if they're getting tired of seeing that same group of cards coming in with Brutoclad over and over you can make dramatic changes to the deck across the yeah. board without without destroying the resiliency as long as you leave your your card drawn your and your ramp package together, uh, everything everything you choose to copy can be wildly different. Yeah, very modular. Yeah, like you take some things out, put them, put other things back in, and right, vice versa. And yeah, so and like I said, like I've said with previous with the previous deck that we've looked at, uh, I don't recommend that you make a copy of this deck card for card. Uh, <laughs> you know, like I said, there, there are better versions. Um, if you're looking for looking to really optimize it, you can do that, but you certainly won't be doing that by by making a one for one copy of this deck. Um, take it as as it's intended. It was meant to be a meant to be a deck that to give you ideas, to, yeah. to give you the you know the the impetus to go out there and make make it make it your own. Yeah. So. Cool. I think. Brutoclad uh, is, you know, your one of your top top three like decks that that just exemplify the Bruce method <laughs> uh, <laughs> for me. Where it's like, you know, I think of Bruce, and I think of you know Buzzbark, I think of uh, Grenzo, and I think of, of Brutoclad, and um, I, I look forward to future iterations uh, on on this deck. But I think that's that's going to do it for us tonight. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. And we are the Temple of the False Pod, where our decks clearly uh, are not optimized. But our plays sure as heck are fun. Obviously. Uh, th- obviously. Uh, thank you so much for listening tonight. Thank you to our sponsor, Psy Master, Master Thopterist. Uh, go, go check him out. And uh, have a great night. And may your fifth land be the Temple.
Bye. <laughs>